Hi everyone, and welcome to the DevMar Debugged podcast, where experts from top companies all over the world share their insights on everything developer marketing. So today we're speaking to Anil, Senior Product Marketing Manager of Developer Tools at Localize. So hi Anil, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to chat with you, Teresa, today. Great. Uh, so today we are talking about the mistakes that people make with their uh, developer portals and how to drive adoption of developer platforms by avoiding those mistakes. But I think before we get into it, I thought you could tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and what you do at Localize. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm myself, Anil Kumar. As uh, Teresa mentioned, I'm a product marketing manager at uh, Localize, currently taking care of developer tools here. As I have like 13 years of experience um, being a developer, I started my career as a Java developer and transitioned into front-end developer. I worked for like seven years uh, on uh, front-end development, different frameworks. I was quite enjoying my work, uh, but I was missing the why part of uh, the work. I always feeling that there could be a better priority from a customer point of view. And I was always feeling that we can provide better value to customers. So I kind of made a transition five years ago into technical product management. And I worked at Contentful and also Commerce Tools, uh, mainly uh, building technical products um, for uh, community and developers. And the big picture was I really enjoying the community scene and getting feedback from developers, collaborating with developers. I was, again, missing the business piece of it in my technical product ma management role, uh, missing the the business piece where I can influence the business decision. I can influence the go-to-market decision where it influences the business uh, of a company. And uh, I feel that I'm now in a sweet spot, my sweet spot, a product marketing where it sits in the middle of uh, product management, uh, go-to-market, and also sales enablement where I can influence my uh, decisions on the product roadmap. I can put the marketing research point of view to the product roadmap. And at the same time, I can strategize. I strategize the go-to-market. Uh, what is the right channel? How we can approach our go-to-market strategy for the launch? And, and also a lot about, I can influence more on a sales enablement, how we can tell our story to our uh, potential prospects or customers so um, it involves like the storytelling part and uh, strategizing and also with the developer audience with my experience. And in addition to that, like I worked on a community. I'm based in Berlin, Germany. There's a saying in uh, Berlin, like if you're in Berlin, you don't go to a restaurant for a dinner, you go to a meetup. Like we have... We have a meetup for everything, literally everything, any technology, any product marketing or product management. We got a community scene for every kind of a skill and a knowledge you wanted to acquire. It's such a great place. And that's also one thing where really helped me to talk to a lot of experts and also network with a lot of people and collaborate with different great community leaders. And this also kind of helped me to uh, combine my developer experience, community effort, and what I'm being had currently as a developer um, focused uh, product marketer. So yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, my intro. Uh, that's yeah, fantastic experience, and I love that saying. I've never heard it before, but 
that's amazing and uh yeah so what does localize do could you tell us just a little bit about the company Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, Localize is a go-to platform for your software localization, end-to-end localization. Uh, let's say a simple example: uh, you wanted to you launched a product in uh, U.S. market, and you mainly launched in English. Um, so it's working well. Now you wanted to expand your business, and you want to enter into, let's say, Europe. Like uh, in Europe, you cannot just go with English because you have many audience here, other German, French, Spanish, Italian. You can think about different um, uh, languages, right? So you can imagine like, hey, uh, okay, I will do Google Translate and I will, uh, I will just put it and I will launch it. What's the problem in there? Uh, you need to understand that Google Translate is not accurate. Like when I say, like you can find a lot of mistakes, and when you wanted to launch a product where you want to provide a great experience uh, to the end user and it builds a trust and it builds a great experience to the end user. And uh, this is where the localizers a platform provides a tools for developers, tools for designers, tools for translators. As a local translator from German to English, uh, you can make corrections, make changes uh, so that your you don't have typos, you don't have a grammatically correct, and you are putting local market, you're using the right wordings for local market. And the same way for designer, if they're designing with Figma, they can already design things in different languages and sync with the uh, localized. And again, developers can take those keys uh, as a translated content and put it into their code with a GitHub. Um, that way, uh, they have uh, a very well uh, done language languages in their software, so they can release things smoothly. You might you might understand what Localize is trying to solve is uh, currently if the people are not using any TMSs. They are doing a manual process, like using an Excel sheet, uh, using talking to the translators back and forth. There are a lot of errors. There are a lot of bugs they're going to see after the release. So using Localize, they minimize such errors and it lets developers to focus on what they're good at, not managing this, uh, copy pasting from Excel to their code base, uh, make their life easy. So that basically it takes the hassle of translation content from developers away so that developers can focus on their coding effort on the business logic, which is a high priority task they wanted to work on. Oh, that's amazing. So saves a lot of time, really, really helps them. Yes. And yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for that. And, you know, speaking of, you know, helping developers and, um, and that. Uh, so we've all heard how tough the developer audience is. And I know there's still some people who even say developers hate marketing and all that, which, you know, um, it's not entirely, um, a lot of people contest that, but it's interesting that there's that perspective. But um, I feel like that this idea that is challenging to market to developers. So um, it's kind of fair. Is it fair to say that uh, it might also be challenging to get developers to adopt platform to be attracted to your, you know, developer portal? Um, is it fair to say that this is a challenge? Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's 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 a challenge. Uh, but if you approach in a right way, it's not a challenge. Um, most of the most of the portals or most of the developer companies or traditional marketing applying the traditional marketing technique uh, is definitely like you said developers gonna hate it 
um, instead what we should do or what approach which really works is as a developer, I go to uh, Google, I'm going to search for a problem I'm having first, and I might go to Stack Overflow, I might go to a GitHub issues, I might taking it to some Medium article, I might, so my, I start with my problem to solve. Uh, so I get into some problem, my day-to-day -day task, I want to get things faster. So this is where, uh, that's where the problem statement, this is where the struggle, that's where the trigger starts. If you can address that part, that piece in your top of the funnel, I'm talking the marketing term, if you can start addressing that, not talking about your product uh, first, uh, that way you're already providing the value and offering them kind of a, not selling them so fast, but bringing a trust, building a trust. Uh, so if I visit, uh, let's say, a localization as a localizer as a platform, instead of selling them a localizer, the first step, it's more about developers' problem is internationalization, not the localization. Uh, let's say I'm a front-end developer using React, and I face some internationalization challenge, and I search on a Google. Uh, I would like to see your product uh, as a tutorial in the first place to help me how to internationalize my React application. That's my problem. And if you can build the trust, if you can provide them solving that problem, then I think it's going to build, okay, you're going to build a brand awareness. Hey, they are the trustable source. I can think about it. And that builds a brand awareness. And that's one of the reasons why you see that many of the open source tools, which are uh, developed by these uh, developer-focused companies, basically to help developers to solve their day-to-day -day task. And if it's really helping them, what else we can do in a better way? How we can do in a bigger problem? So that already builds a trust and you understand the problem. So that that, that starts with that building a trust. So if we can approach in that way, uh, definitely, uh, definitely, I think uh, think developers would love to uh, like love to read articles and help. So helping developers instead of selling first is the way to go. Uh, then it definitely doesn't sound like a marketing. So it's more like you're helping them. That's why the community piece is very, very important. And uh, it's also very important. I can talk a little about it more about um, as as a as a marketing uh, professionals, uh, if you don't have an experience with the developer marketing, uh, it's very important to get a frequent feedback from developers. Mm. It, you can start you can start with talking to your internal developers, internal engineers, building a trust with your internal engineers. Like it can, it, let's say you're sending an email to a developer audience or a blog post. Just have a ten minutes a coffee chat with your internal engineer. Ask them, hey, what do you think about it? Do you see any red flags? Uh, are we too selling here? Are we something has to do? It already gives you some kind of a feedback. That's a starting point. But definitely, I think you can also reach out to your community or if you have dedicated customers. There are a lot of ways you can get a feedback. So it's important to get that feedback uh, so that you know that you are doing the right thing and you learn a lot. And it, I think by talking to developers, by getting constant feedback, you will be a lot better in your marketing approach to developer audience. So are those actually the elements as well that you look for, you look to establish when uh, to create the developer platform or to create the developer portal? Um, is this something that you have in mind just right from the start, even before, you know, starting to market? Th that's right. I think it's part of the go-to marketing strategy. 
And uh, we wanted to create time to value as minimum as possible. Like they're spending five seconds. Are they getting a value out of it? Mm. And with this current marketing trends with the uh, um, Gen Z is coming out, like they have attention span very short. Uh, it's about like if let's say we attracted some prospect or a, a visitor, how can we show them the value as quickly as possible? What is the journey looks like? What how the developer journey different from the traditional uh, journey looks like? How different it is? Uh, what is the one place we can provide? What is the aha moment or wow moment we can provide them so that we can show our value quickly? So we can really beneficial for them like if you map out that the jobs to be done or if you're familiar with the jobs to be done it's like more about what is the problem the customer is in need and if you can show them as quickly as possible uh, that's where uh, it starts with addressing the need uh, mm. and you also you also get a lot of feedback if you talk to or if you observe your uh, your customers how they're using your product or the feedback you get uh, you get you get a lot of these uh, factors decide, and also not only that, um, you you might think that they are not competitors. Like for example, uh, Stripe and uh, Twilio might not be the competitor of Localize, but they have set their industry standards really high on those experience, and they expect you your tool should be like that, uh, at least that not to match that, but like hey. I want to get the ready-made things, uh, SDKs. I can quick to copy code and see changes, run it, uh, get the results quickly. So there's kind of a really expectations. So how can we meet, the, meet those expectations? Um, yeah, that's where it starts. You we strategize. Uh, developer portal is a go-to way, like one place where we can provide all the necessary information and where we can set apart from selling things like it's not a marketing place, but it's like help place to help developers. Well, that's a very interesting perspective, uh, especially with, you know, I've um, interviewed a few developer marketers as well who always say that that um, it's the worst thing you can do is just to try and push like a sell on a sale on a developer, like they can spot that a mile away. So kind of going into it with the mindset of I'm providing value, I'm helping. It's just very interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, so, Considering all that, you know, the must-dos and the must-haves, um, I think there'll also be a lot of mistakes that people make. So um, is there anything you can tell us about the things that people should avoid when they're trying to get these adoption rates up for the platform? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one thing I remember when you asked me, uh, I think it's very important we as a, a developer marketing persona, it's very important we balance the creating value and capturing value. Sometimes when I say capturing value, I'm not selling immediately, but like I read a technical blog post about tutorial. I'm not selling them to purchase our tool or try our tool. Like we can provide, hey, if you like our article, you can follow us on a Twitter, LinkedIn, that already kind of gives you that, hey, they subscribe. Uh, so whenever there is a, whenever there is you update new uh, kind of a, article or a new information, they get notified. So this is where like a capturing value is important so that they get to know you, you so that they don't just simply get their value. Uh, so it's important that we balance what is the right call to action uh, at that particular stage. 
so that we don't sell them, but instead we also want to capture the value because at the end of the day, uh, you wanted to run the business. And I think it's very important to balance this uh, and to do it in a right time at a right step at a right uh, space. Um, yeah, uh, so just wanted to mention that because you, you might get into argument that if you just look from a community angle, yes, we've always wanted to help developers. Uh, we wanted to provide value, but you're, you might get a questions from your stakeholders, from your business. Mm. Hey, what is the ROI I'm spending, but I'm not getting um, any customers. Uh, like what is the, why are you spending so much of time? And that's why it's very important to think from a long-term, it's a long-term game. And how you gonna set this up for success and how you're gonna achieve this by providing right value and capture a right, um, uh, capture the audience and make them into follow your journey or a funnel, uh, you might call it, uh, so that you provide and help those uh, customers and developers. I think the number one number one mistake I've seen is uh, not doing enough uh, feedback. Like mm. they just test it, they just launch a developer portal and they just launch it and let the customers try it out, but not getting enough um, feedback uh, to their platform. So there are a lot of questions you might get like, hey, it's very hard to get developer uh, beta testers to test our portal. Uh, we tried and nobody has time. It's a common thing. Uh, like I said, uh, like I said, uh, you can start with your internal engineers. You can start with your internal engineers. And this is how successful companies have done it. Like if you have uh, Stripe, Stripe has something like any major feature launch they do, they run an internal hackathon on that particular feature. And most of their, or their employees have their own private e-commerce or a website where they can check the Stripe uh, integration or a new feature, and they can already give a lot of feedback to the product. And before it is going to the outside, they already have a lot of feedback from internal engineers at their company. And of course, like I said before, you can have a coffee chat or you can build a relation with internal engineers. That's like, it costs nothing. It's just talking to them, saying hello, providing them the value, uh, talking to them and see how they can influence the um, the influence to the company, uh, business. So I think if you talk to them in the right way, I think our developers will be happy to help you. It costs nothing. So that's, that's where you can already uh, do some um, user testings and... Mm. And and other 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 approach would be that definitely asking the community, and you can also reach out to customers who are royal customers who always share your feedback and wanted to talk to you. And definitely, definitely, I think uh, having those feedback as a beta customers, and it's also about building relation. It's not like they tested and gone. Like it's about. Send them swags like uh, you don't need to spend a lot of fifteen uh, like five hundred uh, dollars, but you can just send them a, a stickers or a, a t-shirt uh, as a token of appreciation that for you value them, and I think you're going they're going to appreciate that. Um, so that way, it's about re building relation and having mm -hmm. a pool of pool of uh, beta testers 
uh, are kind of a customer advocates, I would say. Uh, that way you get a feedback. And the other thing you can do is, if you have a developer portal where people can give you a feedback. Uh, for example, Next.js uh, has a, a feedback on the top of the menu, a feedback bar, where I just have to send a feedback, like a message. And if I want, I can just put an email, that's it. So we can constantly get a feedback. And uh, we did the same thing at Localize. For example, we have a, on the top of the menu, we have a feedback form, time to time, customers give us, talk to us, uh, like they share details about what is the problem, what they, what we can do better. And they also give us an email address so we can reach out to them and talk to them. And most of the time they are happy to collaborate with us. So it's basically, we should be open to feedback and, and you cannot build a great product in one day. It's a continuous process. The constant feedback you get, the constant improvements you do, like if you look back at one year, how the product was and how it is, if you are fixed and if you listen to them, if you can able to solve them, I think your product always evolves and you're basically not just helping them, but, but you're helping all the new prospect, new visitors who are coming to your developer portal, they're gonna get uh, a great experience. So you're solving a great experience. So basically, it's about listening to them, opening your eyes and uh, like opening your ears and listening to them and opening up your channel to get feedback. And other piece, which I want to talk about very important, uh, what common mistake uh, developer teams or developer focus product teams make is uh, talking to developers. I say talking to developers is a bad thing. Uh, the, the reason being bad is uh, developers might not be expressive what their problems are because uh, developers most probably work on the tools, day-to-day -to -day tools on IDs, their code editors. And they may use a terminal, they may use code editor, and they wanted to get their job done quickly. And they might be following a lot of shortcuts. They might be using some other different techniques. They might not tell while you are doing a user interviews. Instead, observe them. So the technique which I worked, which worked really well is building, first of all, building relations with a community member or a, a customer advocates and build some small application together with your um, developers. And this is the same technique used by uh, Flutter, uh, Flutter developers uh, at Google. Uh, so this way you observe them and, and you can also ask your teammates to participate as a passive participant and just observe them, like what they're doing and ask them to talk about what's there going on in their mind. And for example, a story I can tell you about Contentful. I was working at Contentful where we were building a version four of Forma 36 design system. And initially we were spending a lot of time on improving the documentation. But as I started playing around, talking to pair programming session with developers, we started noticing that some of the developers don't visit the documentation at all. Hmm. Instead, they use they use a TypeScript types, which already gives a documentation about what this component is about, because it's a it's a time waste for developers to switch between the documentation on the browser and the ID. They wanted to get things faster, they want to move things faster. We didn't consider that at all, unless until we did this observation. 
And this totally changed our perspective because that's the developer experience which we are missing, fail to observe, which developers fail to tell in our user interviews. And we notice that while observing it, while doing a pair programming. This is the advantage of pair programming. This is why I'm saying that you should not just only talk, you should listen and observe mm. what they do. And that way, it really helped us to kind of prioritize. We provide a great type system for the TypeScript of the component so that we can provide a great experience for those our developers. So that way, that way you understand some of the some of the paths which you never thought about it, where developers taking it. And you also see how the life cycle, they write a code and test and see it in the browser, how it works. So there's a loop, a feedback loop, which goes many times. And you're gonna see where is the problem, where we can optimize. And that way you can definitely identify a lot of those mistakes. And that's the kind of a way to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely. I would say these are some of the top two way. But I'm I'm happy to talk a few more. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, sure that'll be great. It's I I really appreciate that because you've given a lot a lot of examples as well, uh, which I think does help people to kind of understand a bit more and ideas on how they can do it as well and sharing your experience, which I really appreciate. So absolutely, if there's you know a couple more mistakes that you think people should avoid. Um, when they're trying to, you know, uh, get more developers to use their tools, their platforms, just, yeah, absolutely. I would love you to share. Yeah. Uh, the other thing which I can tell you is um, if you if you have your own developer portal, uh, like if you have a lot of resource like Stripe or Twilio, that's a different story. Uh, but if you're a small company uh, where you, don't, you have a limited resource, you might be using some platforms like README. There are other platforms uh, to build your developer portal platforms. And it comes with a lot of limitations for you to have your own complete 100% flexibility. At that time, you might have to do a lot of compromise. Uh, so definitely it's important to f- do a quick user testing and see what are the quick wins are. Uh, for example, in our localized case, we had some limitations with the README platform where we have to provide a quick video tutorial explaining how to use it that already sold us instead of just waiting and investigating all other different platform. So finding a quick wins and going quickly, uh, validating our assumptions uh, instead of blocking us, hey, this will not work, this will not work. Like let's uncover with the developers. Let's see if they're able to get their job done or not. Uh, that already gives us a lot more confidence and makes us to move things faster. Um, so definitely I highly encourage uh, to uh, test with the potential uh, customers and mm. developers internally uh, so that you can move faster and validate your assumptions. Uh, just don't just go, it, it's gonna work are not going to work uh, because you have to make a lot of choices and it's a continuous process. It's not going to happen in one day and it takes time. Yeah. And other mistakes, other mistakes I see quite common is uh, you think that Delp portal is only for developers. I say no, because you have tech partner, project manager, and non-technical um, people also come and visit how do you make sure your platform is also welcoming 
and knowledgeable for non-technical audience as well. For example, the reason I'm telling is, let's say you have a developer portal platform and you want to build an integration with a lot of CMS portals. How do you make sure that you're going to provide a useful information for tech partners? Let's say a tech partnership manager who is not technical, who is not a developer. He might not understand all the code examples, but he has to understand on a bigger level what it is about so that he can get inspired and also say to their partnership engineer, hey, this platform looks great and they are really good. Please go and build it. And if you can't convince those tech partners, there's a chance that low that there's going to be adoption from the partnership, from the other technical partner. That's one case. The other case is imagine you have a not only experienced developers, there might be junior developers coming every day. They also wanted to get started with your tool, how easy you're making for those absolute beginners. They may not be comfortable with all the, 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 the conventions you use as experienced developers. How do you provide a separate journey for those beginners? And I can give you another example where a lot of customers, they don't have a resource to buy developers. Developers are expensive. Instead, what they do is a project manager with a limited technical knowledge might want to play around, copy paste the code and get the things done, move things forward because they don't have a resource to buy or it will take hiring a developer might take a couple of months. They cannot wait. How can you make those project managers life easy? Uh, so that's why it's very important when you do a developer journey mapping, you map out, okay, this is an experienced developer. This is a beginner developer. This is a non-technical uh, or a low-code developer. There's a lot of low-code platforms are coming up. So what is the journey we can provide to them? Is, is that our use cases for those audience as well? It might, it might be a case that your use case might not be for low-code developers. That's okay. But having that assessment also gives you, hey, these are those different segments or user segments. Let's try to optimize them for also these users. And uh, that way you can definitely provide a great experience for all the different segments and make the great developer portal. Uh, that seems like it needs so much balance to kind of uh, being able to appeal to everyone in a different way by having, um, well, yeah, that's again, something that maybe a lot of people don't consider that there's a lot of non-technical um, people who may not understand and then you just have to kind of make it easier for them. Um, or I like I like what you said about, oh, maybe just a project manager who just goes in and does it because they have no developer. And that, again, such a point, such an important point I've never heard before. So yeah, great. Uh, thanks for the insights. Um, and yeah, is there um, anything else you'd like to share or any other mistake or anything that uh, you just want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think you can always look from a jobs to be done. Uh, jobs to be done is like look from a developer need. Like, what is the need for a developer? Like, uh, how can we cut down all the unnecessary steps? Um, is there a way we can provide a time to value quickly? One example is like if you're building an API, how can we make sure that they can test their API as quickly as possible? Let's say I'm a technical uh, 
project manager. I'm not going to code, but I want to see how the response looks like. I don't need to take your API and test to see it, but I can already see how the, your 200 response looks like. How is your 404 response looks like? I can already sense that this is what it is. Or I'm a developer. I want to really play around with my project and how quickly I can play. Do you have a post collection or do I have to set up everything to do it? Or do you have an SDK where I can really take your SDK and get started quickly? So looking into that, what is the need and how quickly you can provide a value uh, to your developer? Definitely take a look. And um, yeah, be, uh, as I said before, continuously listen, uh, listen to feedback and also build relation with uh, uh, customers, talk to customers, uh, ask like whatever their use cases are, understand their use cases are, how their use cases are. So you understand better how we can provide them the value. And um, yeah, uh, and another thing which I can tell you is like I started, try to do a pair programming session or user testing session with the developers instead of just talking to them. And you always discover some new ways to improve your portal or your product. Uh, I think you're going to get an enormous amount of uh, uh, new insights once you start observing, not talking, observing while the developers are pay programming session. Um, yeah, that's that's what I would say uh, as my, my tips. Yeah, no, th those are amazing takeaways and thanks so much for um, going through all of them and providing examples and ideas and tips for our listeners. So, and thank you for talking to me about this issue. Yeah, thank you, Teresa. It was, it was fun. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of DevMar Debugged. If you want to hear more from professionals in the developer marketing world, subscribe to our podcast for more expert talks. See you on the next one.